You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains the importance of the parallel between the Hebrew words tohu wabohu and afar in Genesis. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Speaking in an earlier podcast about the curse of the human being, it would be interesting here to stop and talk about the parallelism between the general creation and the human being. Let's go for the sabbatical year and the jubilee year. We notice that the earth itself is handled as though it is a being. You know, it is blessed or it is after the curse and so And this is already in the first chapters of Genesis. Amazing, as I say again and again. There is a parallelism between the handling of the tohu and bohu, tohu wa bohu, on the one hand, that applies to the general creation and to the curse that applies to the human being and also in chapter 3 to the Adama. Actually, Adam is not cursed. Textually, it is the Adama that is cursed. But I would like to say something about how the Bible handles the issue of curse and destruction. For my general hearer, as I explained earlier, tohu wabohu means rubble, something that is not functional. It is destroyed. So it is striking that the Bible begins with something that is destroyed, but functionally it will not happen until the prophetic word where God speaks through his prophets about transforming the creation into tohu and bohu. Tohu is the more important word. Bohu is in addition, but both are important when they are put together. And again, I don't need to go into detail. Most of us know those passages that I referred to in my book. And this corresponds to the curse. It is as though already the curse is in chapter 3, right at the beginning. Practically nothing happens too much and then everybody is cursed. And then at the end of the promise, we have the re-establishment of Eden and the blessing and so on. So this in itself is very interesting because, as I mentioned when I dealt with Genesis 1-2, without the express intervention of God, the creation all realities 
whether vegetation, earth, mammals, or human being, are non-functional in the sense that they do not function the way they are supposed to function. So let's understand one another. I mean, you can still function and go on a rampage to kill people, but this is something you're not supposed to do. But what is striking in the Bible that this is put right at the beginning and then it disappears and it appears only with God's punishment at the end. And this is what happens with dealing with the human being. Often I keep saying that Adam is made of Adama. But what is striking in Genesis 2-7 is that Adam is made expressly out of the dust of the Adama, the Afar. Okay, let's hear it. Then the Lord formed man of dust from the ground. And Afar here is the first instance of that word in the Bible. That is the least to say striking because if we hear the following instances of dust, it is something that is negative. You know, when something happens to you, you put dust and ashes on your head and then you are dust and you shall return to dust. Dust, afar in Hebrew, is the small pieces of the soil. It parallels the sand. Later when we hear the blessing of God to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, very often the English translates the original afar into sand. So it's the small pieces, like the atoms, if you like. I mean, they are non-functional, you know. An atom to be functional, it has to be part of a molecule and so on and so forth. So, I would like to take my time and show you the parallelism here between the handling of the tohu and bohu on the one hand and the dust, the afar, on the other hand. So, number one to remember, right from the beginning, the author is actually not reminding you, he's beginning with this statement, then just as the creation comes from tohu and bohu, the human being comes not from an established Adama, but from the afar of the Adama, and thus you always remain, if you know the original language, with the threat that you are, and I would like to quote someone, I liked his statement, that God holds you in the palm of his hand upside down. In other words, you are dandling from the palm of his hand. And that would be the nicest way to put it, a la North American. <laughs> okay? And this is what the Bible is doing right from the beginning. And that is why the judgment of God, if you hear the biblical story, is essentially just 
it cannot be unjust and this is what Paul appeals to in Romans 3 if God is unjust then we have no hope okay you shouldn't be amazed when God strikes you I know my hearers are going to be uneasy with that you should be amazed when he does not strike you <laughs> because his palm is always his palm that makes things functional but by the same token if he takes his snooze then everything is non-functional and that's his threat to us and this parallelism is really very important to realize now for the original hearer for us we don't know what tohu bohu is and what dastafar is we will have to wait but an original hearer hears immediately functionally this terminology that this earth is a tohu and bohu and the adam is made formed out of the afar of the adama so there is a parallelism between the curse of the individual and the curse of the adama if you like and it is interesting that in the case of the curse in chapter 3 the serpent is cursed and the Adama is cursed through Adam. So we have this interconnection between this picture, if you like, of the Tohu and Bohu and the picture of the Afar. And that, according to me, becomes very functional in the blessing of the forefathers but unfortunately we are used to hear the word sand which does exist but more often than sand in the original we have the word afar like the dust of the sea or the beach and so on so for an original hearer it is striking that God will make you so many, but it's a reminder that many is not essentially good per se. It is all when God functionally makes it to be good. Notice the parallelism. Okay, you have the promise to the grandchildren of the forefathers, and then they are brought together and put in the land under Joshua. Okay? So you have the gathering, if you like. But the gathering precisely is from multiplicity into a functional one as one people. But this one people is always under the stress of being scattered. Here I could do the jump, which I referred to earlier in chapter 10 and 11, where we have a play, as I discussed, and I'll get back to that, between Fus and Parad, Farad. Parad would be 
to go around and spread, if you like, individually, which is positive. But foods would be more the negative aspect of that, scatter. But again, what I would like to stress in this podcast episode is that to the eye, the human eye, it is the same. But there is a big difference because functionally one is a blessing, the other is a curse. But practically it's one movement, one reality on the part of God and even on our part. So let's keep this in mind that being like the Afar, being many like the Afar, is dandling from the palm of God. It is only when he makes you a people functional. Otherwise, you will be scattered. And to make a long jump to the end, we have this expressed very forcefully in the story of the bones in Ezekiel. You know, when you send a powerful wind, a ruah, with the scattered bones, they don't come together. They are scattered even more. But by the decision of God to make his powerful wind a breeze, which is used in Genesis 2 when he makes the human being and he breathes in his nostrils softly, then you have this reality. So the mention of the afar of the Adama in 2.7 is really very important. And again, it reminds us of the tohu and bohu that appears only in Genesis, disappears to be picked up by the prophetic texts that are threatening with destruction. Okay? We can see this just to push the issue to show you how this is important. At the end, when God comes, people, especially the Orthodox and the born again, it's always good news when the Lord comes. Well, it's not good news. It's just simply news. There is going to be a judgment clearly in the last chapter of Daniel, just to give you an example. Okay. There is a functional split, if I may say so. Essentially, things remain the same. Like, what's rubble? Rubble is the stones with which a building is made. It's not something different. But you don't have a building, because building is something functional, like the Lego. Okay. The same thing with the human beings in conjunction with that very important word, afar. Let's hear it in the original. And then I gave the example of whenever it is used with ashes. So dust and ashes would be like tohu and bohu. It's negative. Okay. But hearing it in the original, and again, I cannot stress, uh, I mean, I'm stressing all the time the original. People have to understand that the word afar is used in the blessing that God gives to the forefathers when he tells them that they are going to have many children. 
but it's already questionable as to how it is going to happen. And if this appears in Tuhu and Bohu in Genesis 2, in the Afar of Genesis 3, in conjunction with the curse, and then in chapters 10 and 11 with the nations, that's very important. That everything that applies to Israel applies to the nations and vice versa. There is a difference in the spreading. Okay? There is a difference between the spreading of the white human beings across the Mississippi and the by the same action when the Aborigines, the Indians, were forced into being scattered negatively or in concentration camps and so on. Okay? So, but for the eye, it's the same thing. You have a movement. But to what end? And this is what chapters 10 and 11 will pick up. Again, this is my invitation to really uh, remind my hearers that they have to be patient. If even those who know the original language have to be patient to wait for texts that will explain to them the functionality of words, let alone those who don't know the original. You have to hear, you have to know scripture in its totality, but then you don't say when you get to the end, I got it. No, you didn't get it. You have to go back to the beginning to start getting it. In other words, in scripture, you have to push yourself to get the movement of the story in the hand of God. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.